Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to an Alpha podcast. This time we're going to be looking back on the year 2019. What does it mean for the commodity markets? What's it meant for the sustainability agenda? And I'm joined by my colleagues here, uh, uh, Wayne Bryan. Uh, hi, Wayne. How are you? Hi there. Good afternoon. I'm very well, thank you. And uh, Nick Fedson. Hi, Jeremy. Nice to see you again. And uh, Wayne, we'll start with you. How would you summarise what's been a rather eventful year in the commodities market? Volatility. Um, it's been quite pronounced this year. Judging from, well, if we went back last year to sort of 1st of Jan, we had a lot of different concerns in the market. Some around LNG, are we going to see enough? Some around storages, are they going to be full enough as we uh, head into what was this winter? So they were some of the concerns at the start of the year. Fast forward 12 months, uh, some of them concerns have been alleviated, especially in terms of LNG, where delivered LNG into Europe has probably doubled um, once we get to the end of the year. So a doubling of volumes, which has had a massive impact on the market. And in terms of the other thing I mentioned, the storage, at present, we have uh, European gas storages at five, six year highs and LNG storages and send out is well ahead of where it was this time last year. So from the consumer point of view, if you're a business energy user listening to this, I mean, it's been quite a good year for, from, from that point of view. The prices have gone, have gone down. Are, are there any risks out there still? Well, when you say it's been a good year, it depends where you bought. Uh, we had market highs in the, at the start of the year. Uh, and only now as we get towards the end are we really seeing multi-year lows. So depending, again, those that held off, uh, sort of held their nerve would benefit People that sort of might have got stopped out due to sort of levels, triggers, etc., might look at it uh, in a different way. And Nick, of course, it's 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 been far from quiet on the environmental and sustainability front too. What what are your big sort of takeaways from from the year? Uh, yeah, it has been an event an eventful year in sustainability. Uh, some of the headline items really you, you should be breaking down into. The different sort of pressures that they're uh, imposing on, on on people who who buy energy and carbon, but um, there's social pressure, there's political pressure, there's regulatory pressure. So, just a few examples of some of the more important regulatory drivers for this year uh, that, that we've been doing some work in at Alpha. Um, about eight thousand companies just finished uh, ESOS Phase Two. This is a energy efficiency uh, piece of legislation where companies assess their energy use and develop energy savings recommendations within their organizations. Now, it happens every four years. Uh, the first time was in 2015, uh, and there was a limited implementation of those opportunities that were identified after phase one. Uh, because ESOS is costly in phase two, uh, there's a much bigger appetite from its participants to act on the recommendations that uh, that they develop for themselves. So that's an important uh, outlook for 2020. Another one is SECR. Uh, it's Streamlined Energy and Carbon Reporting. It replaces some legacy pieces of uh, legislation. Basically, the point of it is to get companies thinking about energy and carbon in the same way that they do their finances. Uh, companies in their financial accounts that get published every year alongside their, 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 their finances will need to report on energy and carbon. And it's going to impact thousands of new companies that have never had to think about energy and carbon footprinting before. So these are two big drivers about uh, big, big drivers for companies thinking about sustainability within their businesses. One of the 
uh, sort of buzzwords of the year, one of the most important things that uh, that's, that's happened is, is the emergence of net zero targets uh, in the world. Um, governments have started setting them for the first time this year. The UK was uh, you know, the first country to give itself a net zero target. So, you know, we've seen some quite promising political developments. Uh, that being said, uh, COP25 just finished and it was supposed to, COP25 is the 25th conference of the parties. It's the, uh, it's the vanguard of international climate policy. And uh, it was supposed to be a, a meeting to really raise the ambition of uh, the Paris Agreement, kind of global climate commitments. Um, instead, what we really saw was uh, negotiations that dragged on and were bogged down in technicalities. The takeaway from this, which is quite positive, which is what businesses have picked up on, is that actually they are recognizing the leadership role that they that they have to take. Uh, so businesses are more and more setting net zero targets, uh, different kinds of, of, of climate targets. Net zero targets aren't the only ones. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot happening for businesses this year. And, so. and indeed the year in which um, the UK Parliament <coughs> legislated for, for net zero as well. And so uh, 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 potentially a lot more to happen in the future. And of course, the carbon market, um, there's been a fair amount happening there as well um, on carbon prices. If you had to summarise it uh, uh, as succinctly as you could, Wayne, prices have gone up. Have they, have they come down again or are or, or, or high carbon prices here to stay? Well, yeah, I mean, there was lots of talk around carbon this year. Uh, obviously, Brexit uh, was having an impact. Uh, we've had some resolution on that front. Uh, so obviously, that situation has now been resolved. However, what we've seen is wild extremes in carbon pricing. A lot of it's been speculative. Uh, as you know, since the market, all the price started to increase, we saw a lot of the banks, uh, hedge funds uh, start to get involved and this pushed the volatility. So a lot of the carbon uh, permits being purchased are literally just being traded. However, the start of MSR uh, had a bit of big effect. We've seen a reduction in permits to the market, which really did its job and helped push the price up. And as we've come to sort of towards the end of the year, and I think the 2019 or the last contract just expired, we saw it at around the sort of 24, 25 euro mark. There was a lot of talk of 30, 40, 50 euros even by the end of the year. That hasn't materialized. Uh, but carbon now is, we're really seeing the impact it's having on gas and power prices. Wasn't really looking at it a couple of years ago, wasn't really making any impact. Now we've seen big correlations between carbon movement and movement in the gas and power sector. And I think that for sure is here to stay next year. And with the tightening regulations, uh, market stability reserve, I think we're going to see the prices remain range bound between 20 to 25, maybe even 30, 35 next year, dependent on global conditions, of course. And indeed, political decisions that uh, have been I mean, just slipped in before a couple of weeks before the end of the year. A very important announcement by the uh, uh, by the Commission President uh, uh, von der Leyen about uh, the, the the Green New Deal, as it were, or the Green Deal for um, for the European Union, which will continue to affect the UK one way way or another. Some very ambitious targets in there: net zero for Europe as a whole, uh, potentially having an impact on on not just the carbon market uh, but other policy measures. Uh, uh, there and here. Uh, Nick, what do you think the prospects of, of that are? Do you, is, is it something that's likely to, to get a cent from all the member states next year? Is it, are we secure about where we're heading? 
The, the European Green Deal is only tabled at this stage. It, it still has to make it into law. But one of the more contentious uh, proposals that, that it contains is the um, idea for what's called a border adjustment mechanism. And this would be a, uh, a new tax mechanism that hasn't really been seen in, 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 a, climate, in a piece of climate policy, especially not at the continental level. Uh, and, and what it what a border adjust, adjustment mechanism is, is effectively a tax on goods that come outside of the EU that have embodied emissions. And it's supposed to prevent carbon leakage, which is when... This is when someone imports a ton of coal, well, effectively they are importing a ton of coal, a ton of steel or cement from from China or somewhere outside the European Union, and their emissions aren't counted uh, as being part of our footprint. But of course they are, really. That's right. It's, it's It's a mechanism by which countries that have environmental standards can benefit by doing trade with countries that have lower environmental standards. It's going to be a very interesting time. I wonder whether this proposal is partly tactical to uh, uh, to encourage a response in the in the international climate negotiations. Uh, uh, I guess we'll we'll see a bit about that. Um, and uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, the markets, Wayne, um, look, looking ahead briefly for the for the year ahead, um, what 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 do you think um, uh, end users, consumers, should be looking out for? Well, there's, as I said earlier, I mean, the prices now, we're seeing some of the contracts, especially along the curve, sort of summer onwards, we're at levels last observed in sort of 2016. So I think for me, where the, where the market is now, in terms of supply, very strong supply at the moment, Langer lead supplies, UK production actually is uh, its highest it has been for a couple of years, thanks to a few new fields. LNG supply, will that continue? Last month into Europe, we had, I think, 87 cargoes, which broke the previous record quite convincingly. Looking at the loadings for the next month or so, I think the UK alone's got about 20 cargoes coming in December. So again, if that continues, supply side, we're going to be fine. One of the biggest, most important uh, things happening in the market at the moment is the transit deal between the Ukraine and Russia. Quick bit of background, I won't spend an hour talking about this, but majority of the gas that comes uh, into Europe uh, via Russia uh, comes through the Ukraine. They had a 10-year deal of a transit agreement. This is worth about 3 billion US dollars a year to Ukraine, about 3% of their GDP. And also in terms of Gazprom, it just guarantees their gas uh, gets into Northwest Europe, specifically into Germany first. So that deal expires on the 31st of December this year. As of yet, there's been three rounds of talks. These are being mediated by the EU. Nothing concrete yet. We had a rumour last Friday that something had been unblocked and the deal was about to be signed. Subsequently, trading style, by the rumour, summer lost about 8%, which is quite large. Moving forward to today, we have more talks scheduled for this week. But today, some reports have coming out saying there's further problems with this. No deal's been signed. And on the Ukrainian side, they say that Russians need to do more. 4% straight onto the summer gas contract today. So you can see what the market thinks about it. So resolution of that for me is key. Uh, also looking forward uh, in 2020, what we see in terms of what are the challenges. It's probably I'll just put it into bullet points. Number one, first thing is the, the EU uh, mediated talks, getting that agreed and cross the line. Secondly, LNG glut, will it continue? Also on the demand side, we need to get some demand to soak up all these volumes. 
Uh, also, we look at economic uh, conditions globally. We've seen a deterioration. However, since we had uh, recent UK election results, there's a lot more optimism. US-China trade deals, trade, trade deal is close to being uh, agreed. So again, improving economic conditions. Also, we'll be looking at any situations in terms of French nuclear outages, which so far have been minimal, but can always return. So these these sort of things we really uh, need to be looking at next year, as well as carbon, lots of wild forecasts talking about 50, 60 euros next year. If that happens, big impact on prices. So there's lots to look forward to 2020, and I'm sure it's going to be another volatile year. It'll be interesting. Uh, on the day this is being broadcast, um, there's some uncertainty out there. Maybe by the time you hear this, um, things will have moved on. And, and Nick, I guess one of the big surprises, one of the things we didn't see uh, this year was was an energy white paper um, in the autumn because of the political problems. Obviously, we have a, a new government, a new parliament in place now, and the expectation of the energy white paper in, in the new year. That's going to have to tackle an awful lot of uh, climate and sustainability-related issues, with the UK now committed to net zero and some pretty ambitious targets for for, for wind power and uh, uh, decarbonising heat and so on. Uh, should should we be on the lookout for new legislation early in the new year? Um, well, the so we were expecting the energy white paper, I think, uh, around August of this year. And the only reason that we've been given for why it's been delayed is, is because of the Brexit negotiations. Uh, we've had some interim policy announcements in the meantime, uh, Brexit has um, caused Bayes to propose what's called a carbon emissions tax, which is what would be put in place if the UK were to have a no-deal Brexit. We'd actually leave uh, carbon trading and, and we'd have a fixed-rate tax. So that's one kind of indication for the future. Uh, what the rest of the white paper was supposed to do, and, and really another reason why it's being revised, is actually to incorporate uh, some policy proposals that will solidify um, the UK's movement towards net zero. And there's still a lot of work to be done, not just by the government, but by uh, some of its advisors like the CCC in terms of uh, you know, laying down exactly uh, what, what that path should look like. Yes, as the Committee on Climate Change, which is taking evidence now, I think, for the, is it the sixth budget period, carbon budget period, I think, that's coming up. So that's another another thing to look out for in the new year. Well, there you have it, an eventful um, time in the commodity markets, interesting time on sustainability, possibly a bit too interesting close to home on politics. Uh, let's hope that's a little quieter in the new year. Um, we have some clarity uh, for all of us in the energy industry and those who are using energy about where we're going forward in the future. So uh, thank you, Nick. Uh, thank Thank you, Wayne, very much for, for joining us. And we hope you join us again for an Alpha podcast in the new year.